Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Best Self with B podcast. I'm your host, Brittany LaRue, and I am so excited you are here with me today. I'm a fitness and nutrition coach, and for years I've been on my own quest to becoming my best self. That's where the name of this podcast came from. And I'm here to bring you along with me. We all have so many questions about the wellness world, and I'm here to get some answers for you and honestly for me too. From how to achieve optimal health, well-being, and fulfillment, to building a body and mind that you love, the best beauty hacks, even getting your finances straight. I'm going to be covering it all through open and valuable conversations with experts, coaches, and inspirational guests. I want you to feel like you're sitting down for a coffee date or maybe a glass of wine with your best friend getting the inside scoop. You will learn actionable advice on how to improve your wellness and truly live your best life. So let's dive into this conversation. You guys, I am so excited that you are here to listen to this conversation today. My guest is Morgan DeClerc. She's an accountant and finance guru passionate about helping small business owners and digital nomads manage their money and lead them to financial freedom. With two BBA degrees in accounting and international business, she graduated summa cum laude. She also has experience in bookkeeping and accounting, scaling businesses around the world from four digits to six digit figure months, administering and preparing a $4.5 million budget, and helping multiple small businesses, freelancers, and NPOs get off the ground. She loves helping virtual businesses and digital nomads because she is one of the same. She has represented her work around the world, including but not limited to Peru, China, South Africa, Turkey, Israel, Vietnam, Thailand, and Cambodia. Oh my gosh, that's so many places. Although originally from the States, she's currently based with her husband and her baby girl in Cape Town, South Africa. 
This conversation, you guys, will literally get you straight on your finances. We literally dive into so many different topics, like how to get your books in order, what programs you should be using, like getting overwhelmed with income, expenses, how to keep it all organized, writing it off on your taxes, if you're an entrepreneur, how to kind of get your books straight for your business. And then we also dive into debt and credit cards. Ugh. So there's so many good things and such a valuable conversation, you guys. Morgan really does leave you with actionable tips on things you can do to start getting your finances right. Not to mention, she's an absolute gem and just so fun to talk to. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Make sure if you do to subscribe and leave me a comment and let me know. And I will chat with you soon. Well, hi, Morgan. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. I cannot wait to share this conversation with everybody. So I want to dive in with who is Morgan outside of finances, where I know you live in South Africa, which I think is crazy. And I want you to kind of just tell people how you ended up there. And I know when I was reading about you, you have been all over the world. So who's Morgan? What are you doing? And how did you get to do these cool things? (laughs) Yeah, so... I think one of the best compliments I've gotten on Instagram is you're changing the name of accounting for everyone because an accountant is usually so boring and kind of mundane. And even in university, some of my professors actually called me after class and they're like, are you sure this is the right degree for you? You don't really fit the profile. (laughs) So I'm glad to say that I feel like there's more to my personality than just finance. Although I love the money side of business. I also love traveling and exploring business. I have a family here in South Africa, which we'll get into now. So yeah, I really just love hanging out with my friends and family. I'm a huge jogger, yoga instructor, and finance or helping people with financial literacy is just one of the things that I love to do. That is so awesome. I mean, when I was reading and I found you on Instagram and I told you that, and it's like, I watch all of your videos. I'm like, she is just absolutely <laughs> like crushing the game. Like it makes me want to learn about my finances. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, that was such compliment. a cute idea. You know, I'm like, oh, well, how did I need to figure out how to do this or do that or, you know, whatever it may be. And so I'm curious, like, how did you end up on the online space like you are, because I don't feel like you said, you're kind of switching the game for finances. A lot of times you like go to your accountant, wherever you are. I feel like you sit in this box of an office. They tell you what, you know, like all these things. And like, for you, you're really connecting with people like my age. Um, I'm 27 by the way, but you know, you're connecting (laughs) and you're making me want to learn more about it. And it's like, fun and online. So it's like, I can connect with you in South Africa and feel like you're giving me value and you're so far away. Man, I wish that people listening to this could just see my smile right now, because that's (laughs) just the best compliment. Thank you so much. So how did you, how did you get online the way that you are? Like what made you decide to kind of take everything to an online business standpoint? This is more business than finances. I know I'm just curious. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always think it's helpful to know where someone's come from. So I have two degrees. One is in accounting and the other one is in international business. And when I was studying them, I wasn't quite sure how they were going to go together, but I knew I wanted them to go together. And so after college, you know, I did the internship with Ernst & Young, which if you're not familiar with it, is a big for accounting firm and kind of like your peak of an accounting career if you're going to get there and got offered a job with them after I graduated. And I don't know, I just had this moment where I like envisioned my life 10 years from then and it was not where I wanted to be. So I declined that job offer, which was kind of a taboo. Then, yeah, I was like, oh, that's probably the best offer I'm ever going to get. And just decided I was going to go traveling for a little bit. So my husband and I got married and which side note, we didn't talk about South Africa, but he's from South Africa and I actually grew up here. So after getting married, we weren't quite sure where to live. We weren't sure if we wanted to live in America or South Africa. So we're like, well, let's just go traveling for a little while. So we were mainly in Southeast Asia and since then have been a lot of other places, but that kind of, um, I don't know, got my interest in for what it would be like to work remotely or location independently, but then came back to South Africa, had absolutely no money. We had spent all of our cash traveling and I just had to get a job to like make our ends meet. So got a corporate accounting job and within a couple months realized like this is not for me. It was just soul dream for me to be behind a desk like that all day. So started talking to a friend of mine who was working online and she's like, you can really do this. Like you can use your accounting knowledge and do bookkeeping for people online. So I think like probably a lot of people listening to this podcast and if you're not, it's super easy to start freelancing. Um, just started a Facebook page, started promoting that I was going to be doing bookkeeping on the side. And then that just kind of snowballed to there from there and has turned into um, the Master Your Finances bookkeeping course, where I now teach people how to do their own bookkeeping because accountants can be very expensive, as I'm sure everyone listening knows. So if you can save that money for your business, it's actually a really, really easy area to save that cash and do it yourself. That is such a beautiful segue into my next question I wanted to ask, but that's awesome. I think that, you know, I think online businesses are where it's going. I'm fortunate enough to be able to work remotely too. Um, but I just think it's really neat how you have kind of like developed what you're doing. You found like your niche, you found what you could help with, how you could save people money and you could teach all from wherever you are in the world at the time. So I think it's really neat. But my question is, and I see this all the time and I see it in your posts and I've read about it. Bookkeeping is your big thing. Like you are like number one, get your books in order. So yeah, what made you decide that bookkeeping is like your number one when we're talking about finances, this is what you need to do. And how do you start? Yeah, that actually came out of a personal need. So when I started working online, I was doing a little bit of bookkeeping and knew that's where I wanted to head. But I was doing social media on this side as well as social media management just to provide that income so that I could quit my full time job. And then through starting my business, I quickly was confronted with all of the issues that other online business owners are confronted with. How do I register my business? Do I use my social security number or my EIN number? 
How do I file my taxes as a self-employed business owner? What's important to keep record of? How long do I need to keep my receipts? All of this stuff that I had helped large corporations with all of a sudden became very practical with my tiny little business. And even though I only had, you know, three, four clients, I was like, I need to get some stuff in place right now. And so that's kind of where that comes from. I've developed a system of bookkeeping that is super simple and can take you less than 20 minutes a month, because that's how I decided to do my bookkeeping on an Excel spreadsheet every month when I was getting started. So some of this stuff is stuff that gave me a ton of headaches when I was getting started and struggled to find information online, paid hundreds of dollars to talk to CPAs, you know, asking them how to register my business, what's best for an online business, what if I have five clients around the world, what if I have multiple currencies, you know, like all these issues that online business owners are now struggling with. Um, So that's why I love helping freelancers just getting started. I think that that is so important. I know personally as a business owner, and I would say like my books are uh, probably fairly simple compared to like what you have dealt with. But I feel like the bookkeeping, if you aren't experienced in it, or if you're just getting started is really overwhelming. And I have used in the past QuickBooks and Mint because that's what I'm, you know, was told is kind of easy and simple. But even in that, I still get so lost in everything. And I will tell you, I am the worst. And I heard this tidbit. You said it takes you 20 minutes a month. And Mm -hmm. I will like go in at the end of the year and try to figure everything out. So by saying that I'm like, okay, I need to obviously do like what she is teaching, because even with like buying the programs and buying all of these things that are supposed to help, I mean, I think it helped if I didn't have that, I would be totally lost. Yes. But what I'm doing is not efficient. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that you have been able to like find efficiency in it. And then, okay, so let's talk about business because that's definitely kind of what you do. And I want to talk about some personal finances in a little bit, but we'll talk about business. So you hear write-offs. I feel like business owners, new business owners are like, did you write it off? Can you write it off? Uh-huh. So when people are saying that, what, what is a write-off and like, why do you care? And what are some like general practical ideas that someone can look at to know if they should write something off for a business or not? Yeah. And this is a huge topic of conversation right now with tax season just finishing. And if you filed an extension, you probably still have to do your taxes. One thing I want to mention is if you are listening to this and in a place like Brittany, where maybe you have some subscriptions or you think you're doing something, but it's either taking you too long every month or you're not sure if you're doing everything right. We do have a free class on our website. That's an hour and a half and it is jam packed full of value about six things that you need to do when you're getting started. So I will be joining that. (laughs) Yeah. um, It's, it's just a great resource if, if you are getting started and you're not sure if you're covering all of your bases. So that'll, that's my first step and it's free. So check that out. Um, write-offs. Okay. So as a business owner, you want to save as much money as possible. And basically a write-off or a deduction, it's a business expense. And usually you can write something off if it's ordinary and necessary for you to make a business income. So that's really the rule of thumb. If you're wondering whether you can write something off, take a look at it. For example, my laptop. I absolutely need this laptop to perform my job and I can't earn a business income unless I have this laptop. 
So it is deductible or I can write it off on my taxes. And things like assets of really large value, like cars or buildings, depending on how much your laptop costs, those you can actually expense over the lifespan of the asset. So send me a DM or an email, hello at masterfinancesday.com if you're wondering the amounts that you can write off each year, or you can contact your own tax professional. But simple things like subscriptions like QuickBooks, Canva, Loom, um, what are some other popular subscriptions? Anything you use to operate your business management online, headphones, legal and professional fees. If you have a consultant help you with some of your legal stuff, making contracts, those are all right. Um, you're able to write off anything marketing, Facebook ads, like literally if you need to expense it to make your business run, then generally the whole thing you can write off. Otherwise, just a percentage of it. And a few things that are just a percentage of it are mileage. Like if you drive for business, that's a huge one that business owners forget. Also on our website, there is a mileage calculator. So let me know if you want that. You have to record it specifically and can only deduct a percentage of it. Um, another thing is if you work from home and have a home office, a portion of that's also deductible. And your cell phone, internet, utilities, your rent, there's a lot of deductions that you can take advantage of that a lot of small business owners don't even know about. So it's actually just like throwing money down the trash. You could be saving yourself a lot of money. That is one thing that, so I am a coach, a fitness and nutrition coach. Um, and in the past I was a competitor. And so I was, you know, with bikini competitions and things like that, you have mm -hmm. your suit, you have your hair, you have your team, you have all of these things. And I do remember at one point I went to an accountant and I was like, I am spending so much money on this. Like, is there anything that I can do? And he was like, well, all of this stuff is for your business. Like for me, I was the marketing for my business. And he yeah. was like, look into this. Like if any of this is helping you market yourself, then that's a potential write-off, which I just thought was yep. so cool because as a business owner, you don't think about all of the things that actually go into your business. And you are so right. Like you can be throwing money down the drain. So mm -hmm. when people are writing these things off, so that means that they are getting a percentage back in their taxes, right? Is that exactly what a write-off is? Does that make sense? That means, and this is a great question. So you have your business income that you have earned. Let's say that's $100. And then you have all of your business expenses. Let's say $50 worth of that you can write off. Mm -hmm. So then you'll take your income minus your business expenses, which gives you $50 left over you're only going to be taxed off of that $50 profit. Oh my gosh. I so hope you guys are listening. <laughs> the more you can deduct, the less, literally the less taxes you are going to pay because it's a set percentage. So the lower amount that that's multiplied by, the lower amount of taxes that you're going to pay. So it really is huge. And something to keep in mind here, because then some people are like, okay, well, if I need a laptop, I'm going to get the most expensive one because I can write it off for my business. And it's like, yeah, but you could still save $400 and get the cheaper laptop. So, you know, you can't think of it as free cash, but if you need to do something for your business and can write it off, then it's a huge win. 
That's such a good point because we're still talking saving money here, guys. So it's not like you want to just go out and buy all the nicest things because you're right. It's not free money. Um, I think I had to learn that the hard way a couple of times. So, yeah, I know. Another (laughs) thing I want to mention here before we move on is the key here is a good documentation system. So whatever I really like to tell people, teach people how to audit proof their businesses. So that's if your tax return ever gets audited and they come after you asking all these questions, the key is to have documentation or a paper trail for everything that you've written off in your business. And this is why I advocate and promote a bookkeeping system so much because if it's not recorded correctly, you can't write it off. Even if you paid the cash, but you don't have it recorded somewhere, you don't have a receipt, you don't have an invoice, If you went out for coffee with a client or a business partner, but you didn't keep that receipt and say who the coffee was with, why you met with them, all of the stuff that you need to, you can't write it off. So a system is super important and a paper trail is super important so that you can audit proof your business should you ever ask questions about it. That's such a good point. And so that is what you teach in your course, right? Like you have your own kind of system that you've created Um, that people can use and you've made it super user-friendly and then all they have to do is basically learn it, right? (laughs) Yeah. So we have a case study student named Donna and she's a journalist and copywriter (laughs) living in New York. So we literally take her from the beginning all the bookkeeping basics. We put her on our full master finances course goes through QuickBooks. We have a smaller one that is on Excel, but the full master finances course, we get her on QuickBooks from which package is right for her, how to download it, how to customize it for a business all the way through how to record everything. And then my favorite, favorite part of the course, which I'm not sure if we're going to get into today is budgeting and then how to set financial goals and forecast and make predictions based on the data that you've collected, because it's great to have all of that data and it's good for you to submit to your tax repair, but how you're really going to make more money and scale your business is by using those numbers to set goals and really take your business to that next level. So that's personally where I think the magic of finances takes place. And it's my favorite, favorite thing to teach. So that is so funny that you say that because... I have a question here, <laughs> literally all about budget. So we cool, can just go. go ahead and jump over there since we're talking about it, because um, I wanted to talk business just a little bit, kind of like, what is a write-off? Cause I feel like that's important when you're in a business and things like that. Um, I do have a question about like taxes, but let's jump over to budgeting really quickly, just because that is something that I, I'm going to take advantage of for myself because I think I yeah. really struggle <laughs> with it. And I was like, okay, if I get to sit and talk with her, then work, I'm going to ask. So for budgeting, like for me personally, and I'm sure that others can relate. It's like, I have, I have money. I'm making enough money to survive, like whatever that may be, but it's like, I can't seem to fully get a grasp of a budget and like what exactly I'm spending, how much I have left, what should I be putting away? What, how, Mm -hmm. how do I like dedicate everything? Like, I feel like it's like, I get my paycheck. I know some bills that go out and then I'll go into my bookkeeping system that is not very organized, try to figure Mm -hmm. it out. And I'm just like, okay, well, we're back at square one again this month. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. even know where to start. So dive into budgeting where whatever you want to talk about, I think is going to be useful. Okay, cool. So 
it's one thing to create a budget, but it's another thing to analyze your budget every month. And I think that that's where we're getting into here with you. So the course comes with a budget template and that's where we take your actual figures. So what you would have put in QuickBooks and we compare it to the budget that you made at the beginning of the period. So it's always important to start with a spending plan or a roadmap before you even get started with the year. But then it's no good just to have that sitting there. You have to analyze it every month with what you actually spent versus what you budgeted. And then look at that variance, which is a fancy word for the difference between that. So if you are going through your budget versus your actual, and actually one of our students that just finished the course said she had never, ever seen budgeting like this before. And it just clicked for her. And she said that she's like sold on it 100%. So I think some people that they don't really get budgeting or it's confusing them for them, it's because they haven't actually done it practically. And so you create your budget, compare it to your actual, look at the difference, and then you can start asking yourself questions like, why was my income more this month than what I had budgeted for? And you're like, oh yeah, I did that podcast interview with so-and-so and that brought a ton of traffic to my page. And you're like, okay, you can start to make decisions. I should start doing more podcast interviews. And then for expenses, you know, what was more than you had budgeted for? And simple things like... um. I mean, even catching where a ton of business owners are losing money is through dues and subscriptions that they've signed up for. And it's a tiny amount that they don't even notice going off their account. But unless you're actually looking at those figures every month, you're like, oh, this is more than I budgeted for. I'm going to need to pull back somewhere. What am I not using right now? And I always say with your expenses, you should cut whatever is not bringing money into your business. Such a good point. So, yeah, I mean, there's so much we can dive into about budgeting, but I think unless you're comparing what you actually spent versus what you what you budgeted on a monthly or a quarterly basis, then it does no good to create a plan. And the other thing is too, like a lot of people feel like a budget is going to chain them down or they're going to be like, oh, I want to go out to eat, but I can't because I'm on a budget. Like, isn't that the mental mindset we always have? But it's the total opposite. It's like, I can go out to eat carefree and not feel guilty because I've budgeted this amount of money to go out to eat. Like with you being in the fitness industry, I know that you, I don't know if you promote counting calories or something like that, but let's say you're going through the day at 1,200 calories and it's 8 PM and you have 200 calories left. You're like, I can eat this brownie because I still have that calories left on the, you know, your sheet or whatever. And it's the same way with the budget, you know, exactly where you stand. So even if you go over, you're like, okay, I need to pull back, you know, next month. Or if you're under, you're like, cool, I've got a little bit more money to spend next month. Maybe I should buy Uh, new earphones or new speaker or, you know, whatever your business is needing because you can see where you overspent and where you underspent. That was a wonderful example. That was like, I'm I'm like, okay, brownies and calories. I can relate to that. That makes sense. Um, But yes, I think that that was a wonderful overview. And for budgeting, like, do you suggest like the QuickBooks route, obviously having somebody teach you, like, do you think that that, cause I was going to ask about taxes and things like that and platforms and themselves. Like if you had a kind of number one platform that you recommend to your people getting started, starting to learn, like, I do think it's so important 
now that I'm listening to you to have someone kind of teach you and walk you through it. But is that kind of like the platform that you would suggest for somebody that's getting started that wants to start budgeting? no matter how age, what age you are. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite accounting software, and this is the one we teach in our full master finances course is QuickBooks online. So through QuickBooks, there's a place in reports that you can actually download some statements and reports that give you the exact format. And then from there, we plug it into the budget template that I give. So it goes hand in hand with QuickBooks and you can easily download the exact report that you'll need. So QuickBooks online, I feel like is the prime if your business can afford, you know, a $15 monthly subscription or $20, whichever package you decide. But if you're not ready for something like QuickBooks Online, then our mini master finances course does the exact same thing, but on Excel. So it'll show you how to do everything on Google Sheets or an Excel document, and then still use that same, it's the exact template that you'll use for a budget. And we give you a budget template and everything like that. So you can do either or it's, you know, there's nothing fancy about it, but I definitely, definitely, definitely think having someone teach you and like hold your hand through it. So literally in the course, I create a budget right alongside you with like real numbers, everything. And we, I show you exactly how to make a budget and then how to analyze it every month going forward. Cause like I said, that's actually where the magic takes place. It's no good having a budget if you don't actually compare it to what you've spent. Yeah. That's so, that's such a good point. And like I've hounded this before I did a podcast not too long ago and we were talking about just guidance and coaching. This is kind of off subject, but how important but like so it up your is. Yeah. Like it's just, it's so important to find someone that is good at what they do, that knows what they're doing, that has experience that can teach you. For instance, I'm coming to you. Like I wanted to talk to you because I'm like, I know she has got it together with the finances. I know she knows what she's doing and I have no idea and I need to learn. And I think it's the same for like the industry that I'm in. Like this whole podcast is about wellness and how you can better yourself, better your life. And I think there's so many different avenues of that, you know, so it's like finances, I think is just as much part of your wellness spectrum as fitness would be or nutrition would be or whatever it may be, you know? And so I always tell people, if you don't know where to go, where to get started, find someone you trust, find Mm -hmm. someone that you can tell knows what they're doing. Like whether that be me with fitness and nutrition, you know, like I have walked to the walk, I talk the talk, whatever it may be, you know, you can come to me and I'm going to walk you through it. And I think it's the same for you. You're like, I've done this, I've learned this and I will walk you through it step-by-step to make sure that you're confident and you get the results that you're looking for. So I think that is just Mm -hmm. huge. Um, I do have a couple of like other, I am going to say kind of ran more random questions, I guess. Okay, um, cool. Finance related. Uh, okay. So <laughs> I want to know your thoughts on credit cards, because I feel like someone like I used to have a credit card. Um, I was that college student that maxed out the credit card and mm-hmm. has literally not gotten one since because I have been so scared of them. So mm-hmm. um, I would love to know kind of what your thoughts are, maybe like when you should get one, how it's beneficial, or what are your suggestions for kind of paying one off if you got stuck in a hole? Yeah. Okay. A lot of good questions there. So, I mean, something we haven't talked about on here yet is money mindset and kind of how your personality and how your upbringing affects the way you deal with money. And that's actually a huge thing about money management is kind of your money tendencies. 
So sometimes I get nervous talking to audiences. I don't know about credit cards because I think it's different for every person. I I think if you are, yeah, I think if you're someone that's extremely disciplined, you are tracking your spending, you're scared of debt. I think then a credit card can be beneficial for you. I think that it can create a safety net for months where you might overspend because you're dedicated and you're disciplined and you know you'll get out of it again in the next month. There's a lot of great perks with credit cards like you know travel benefits, discounts, cash back, things like that. So it is a great way to you know, win off of credit cards. But then on the same side, I'm going to say that if you are someone that isn't tracking their spending, you're someone that kind of swipes and then just tells yourself to forget about it and move on. I don't think that credit cards is the best thing for you because it's first of all, great to have an emergency savings fund. And that's something else we talk about in the course is setting yourself up with an emergency fund that can cover you for three to six months if your income should completely stop. But for a lot of people, that is a lot of money and it takes a long time to build that emergency fund. So I personally always like to have a credit card knowing that if shit hits the fan, excuse my language, you are able to put stuff on the credit card and it can save you in a really bad situation. And it has helped my family personally in the past with unforeseen, I was deported from South Africa. We could talk about that later if we have time. Yeah, (laughs) had to leave the country in three three days. So I had to buy tickets. I had to book airlines. I was out of the country. They said I was going to be out of the country for five years. So in that sense, we pulled our credit card out and it saved our butts. So, you know, you can even have a credit card in an envelope, put it in the back of your cupboard and not use it unless there's an emergency. And there's actually um, one book called Profit First, which you might've heard from. It's a pretty popular finance book, but, um, he mentions giving it to a friend you trust with a note of the conditions for you to get this credit card back. Like it must be life or death, you know, whatever your conditions are, and then they will hand the credit card over to you. So if you are someone that really has a spending problem, you can go to limits like that. But otherwise, I think it's really an honest reflection of who you are as a person and your money tendencies to be, can I use a credit card smart and build my credit record and pay it off? Um, I don't know if you've heard of Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people follow him. And I think that a lot of his advice is great, but a lot of people are so diehard about his methods. And I know he's obviously no credit cards, cut them up, don't even touch one. And I think personally that that's a little bit too extreme. I think that there is a time and place for credit cards in your financial journey. It may not be right now, but maybe as you start tracking stuff and as you start changing some of your money habits, it's a great thing to add to your financial structure in the future. So this is a tricky subject and I am, it's not a great answer, but I'm going to say it depends on you as a person, whether it's a good fit for you or not. I think that that was honestly an awesome answer and kind of something that I need to hear. I feel like with credit cards, people think it's like you have to get one and spend it. You know, like it's like this thing where you have to have it to spend it. You have to have it to spend it. But I loved your outlook on saying like, have it in case shit hits the fan. You never mm-hmm. really know. And you're so right. We hear saving all of the time and we hear, you know, making sure that you have three to six months in the bank ready to go. But that's hard. That is hard for it's somebody to do. <laughs> it's a lot of money. I don't think I have that, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm someone where I have been trying to work on my savings. So, so we'll jump into that question. Saving. Where is your your first step? And I'll give you maybe a little bit of context of what I'm in between right now and you can mm-hmm. give your advice. So 
I'm trying to save for the emergency fund, (laughs) of (laughs) course. And then there's a part of me where since I am an entrepreneur business owner, I don't have anyone giving me retirement. So I'm also trying to save for retirement, which I have a Roth IRA, which we don't have to like get super into those with this, but I'm trying to kind of decide where do I put aside where and what does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Okay. So like, what would be your advice for somebody that is trying to save for now and save for the future? Yeah. So, um, again, it comes back to budgeting and setting financial goals, (laughs) unfortunately. And I really think like just after talking to you for this past 30 minutes or whatever, I think that this is really the next step for you business-wise, but also personal-wise, because in the example I gave of it's your income minus your expenses in between those two, we're going to want to add our savings. And that's where, I mean, I personally have six different savings accounts because I like to physically move the cash out of that account. So all my money gets dumped into one account. And then from there, I take it to retirement. I take it to emergency. I take it to a college fund for our daughter, you know, all my different stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's based off of percentages that I have fixed and also tax. That's something we really need to talk about too is I mean, I would rather save for my tax than my emergency or retirement Yeah. <laughs> because like if you're a business owner just getting started and you haven't saved enough money for your tax return, it is a blow when you get your tax return and have to pay all of that money. And I think yep. actually speaking of credit cards, I put it on my credit card my first year of business because I didn't have enough money saved. So take it from, you know, lesson from myself that you really need to save for taxes so that you can just pull it out of that tax savings account and pay it right away and continue on with your life. So, I mean, the two I would really recommend are the emergency fund and the tax savings. The tax savings percentage is 15 to 30%, depending on where you live and whether you're self-employed. That really needs to be a conversation between you and your tax preparer to figure out what state you live in, how many dependents do you have. It's a whole lot of calculations. Emergency fund, I would just recommend figuring out what what that top amount is that you want to get to. So look at all of your expenses and literally write them down, you know, like Netflix, Spotify, Zoom, rent, gas groceries, write down all of your expenses and then multiply that by three or six. If you want to be conservative, multiply that by six. If you're okay to live a little riskier, multiply that by three. We have, I think, four and I feel comfortable with that. So then once you have that amount, that's your goal to get towards. And then it can just be a matter of you deciding how much you can afford each month. So I have actually a set dollar fee instead of a percentage. I have an exact dollar amount that just automatically gets transferred to my emergency fund every um, month at the end of the month. So that's where you can create your budget and kind of look at your income. Okay, I'm saving that amount for tax. I'm saving that percentage for retirement. And these are all of my expenses. How much can I realistically afford to put into my emergency fund? So it all comes back to that budget and spending plan. And then when you get your amount, sticking to that every month and just consistently, it's all about consistency here. Just every single month, putting into your emergency fund until you reach that cap that you've decided on. And then once you have, you can stop contributing to it, which is great. And then whenever you need to dip into it, then you can just fill it back up. That's a wonderful point. And I love that you said that is I think a lot of people think, 
oh, I'm going to have to put, just keep putting this amount away, but it's like, okay, budget, you know, maybe have those mm-hmm. couple of months where you don't buy the new sneakers or whatever it may be, but hit that cap and that goal that you made for yourself and know that like, you've got it saved if you need it. And then you can mm-hmm. take those extra funds and invest them or spend it on whatever you want or, you know, whatever it may be. I think it kind of goes back to the concept of like having the budget actually gives you more freedom in the long exactly. run because you know where your money is, you know, how you're spending your money, you know, how you can save your money. I think that that is, that's just huge. So this is going to kind of be a broad question, but why is this so important to help a business grow? So I know that you focus a lot on helping businesses get off the ground or grow or whatever it may be. So like for you, why are you like, you need to have this shit together or else your business is not going to grow. So like, what is kind of your outlook on that? Yeah. There's this really great quote by Terry Pritchard that says, you don't know where you are if you don't know where you've been and you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you are. And then it's that whole mindset of, I don't think that you can grow your business, not as fast, that's for sure, unless you know where you've been and where you are. It's like going out to run a marathon, but not knowing that you need to run 40, well, it's 42 kilometers what is it? 21 miles. I know kilometers so. better. Um, you know, if you don't know how far you're going to run, I guarantee you, you're not going to make it to 21 miles. You'll probably stop at like five or eight or, you know, whatever it is. Right. So it's that whole idea of having the mindset of where you're headed and then setting bite off. Oh, you know, this is great for also like nutrition and, um, your fitness. Like if you have a goal weight that you want to get down to, you're not going to get there if you don't have that goal weight in your head. And then you take that weight, you say, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds, break that into bite-sized pieces. How much weight do you want to lose? Okay. I'm going to lose one pound this month, two pounds next month. By having those small bite-sized goals, it's going to get you to your goal weight at the end. And the same is true for finances. So A, if you're not tracking everything, you don't know where you are. And then if you're not budgeting and setting financial goals, you don't know where you're headed. So when I was doing accounting for businesses and what we teach our students, I started with businesses that were making a decent amount of money, but they were plateaued. They had stopped making money because, well, A, they weren't doing any of their bookkeeping. So they were rooted with anxiety and stress over their taxes. One company I started with hadn't filed their taxes in three years and their books were out of balance by over $500,000 when I started with them. So that was like the first step. And then when we started getting them on a budget and we started setting financial goals and adding it into the rest of their strategy of, you know, I wonder if we have some larger businesses that are listening to this podcast, your funnels and your email marketing and really taking your metrics and comparing them to your budget every month. That's where you're really going to see the growth. If you don't know your numbers and can't analyze your figures every month, I just 100% don't think that you're going to grow and I've seen it in reality. Yeah, that, that's such, that is such a good point. I mean, you have to know what you're doing to set goals, to get better. So thank you. That was exactly what I was wondering. Um, Okay. I have one more question here and this was someone that reached out to me that knew you were coming on and she wanted to know what are 
your suggestions for passive income. I think that this is such a, I mean, it's always been around, but maybe with us being home with people, you know, unfortunately losing jobs over the past year, I feel like passive income is this hot topic. So are you a passive income person? I don't even know if that's really like Mm -hmm. something that you talk about a lot, but what are your thoughts or what are your suggestions? Um, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it was Warren Buffett, who's an economist, he was said, unless you can learn how to make money in your sleep, you will forever be working, you know, till the day you die, right? So obviously, the biggest passive income is investing, because that's literally making money while you sleep. And that's a topic for another day. And it is something that is very intimidating. And, you know, again, recommend going to a coach or getting someone that can help you alongside that process. Then, of course, you have rental income, like starting something like Airbnb or renting, subletting your apartment or buying a property to rent out to get that passive income every month. And then in the online world, we have digital courses, ebooks. Um, I think, to be honest, that's the main ones I can think of online. I uh, think that course, those are great ones. Yeah. Can you think of any others? And my top ones would be digital courses and eBooks, I think, which I think is that you said, is it? Yeah. Yeah. That would be the two that I can think of. So I think it would be finding whatever your area of expertise is and then teaching someone else how to do it. So by creating an eBook, which is super easy to do on Canva and then just putting it up on your site, making it really low to start with, because that's the thing about passive income is once you create it once, if you've made it evergreen, those sales can just continue to come in. So um, we have some training on my Instagram page. You can check it out about how to price your products right for success. Um, So figuring out that strategy to be able to just have those sales like rack in while you're sleeping at night. And then of course, upgrading to an online digital course. That was one of the reasons I started Master Your Finances because we wanted to start having kids and I wanted to be able to start working less. So that's a great avenue for that. And one that I would definitely recommend dipping your toes into if you are interested. I love the concept of an online course. That is something actually that we have in the very, very beginning stages, like I'm still concocting the idea of exactly what it's going to be, but I keep seeing them more and more. And I think online courses are great because it is a passive income if you're the one creating it, but if you're the one consuming it, you can find someone that you once again, relate to that you trust that you maybe like I did with you follow on Instagram. And I'm like, I love this chick. I want to meet her like, (laughs) you know, and so you can find the people and they are giving you this information that you're not having to go sit in an accountant's office, or maybe you're not having to pay for a coach like me every single month. Like I understand that's not in everybody's budget. I am a luxury. Mm -hmm. I totally get that, you know, but it's really giving people hands-on information on how to take action on whatever it is in their life that they want to improve upon going back to that wellness Mm -hmm. that, you know, living, living your best life, whatever that may be. So yeah, I loved that you added financial wellness into that. That was in your initial message you sent to me. And I was like, Oh, this is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I'm not going to like dive into my whole like story here, but 
for my health, I have had ups and downs. I was a competitor. I've been a coach. My health has been complete crap. It has gone in so many different directions. And I just always have been on this kind of hunt for what I can do better just in life in general to set myself up to improve. And I, and like I said, I think wellness has so many different aspects, your wellness and you, if you want to truly live your best life, it's not just about having muscles or Mm -hmm. being a certain weight or whatever that may be. Like I truly am always just trying to encompass all aspects of it because I think there's so much to learn. So thank you for being willing to come and chat. But with that being said, okay, so let's say I'm like ready to jump in. I like want (laughs) to get to know you more or someone listening, you know, wants to reach out to you or is interested in all that you have to offer. So give me the rundown. Where can they find you? Where are the best places to connect? Where are the courses? Because I'm sold. I need to get enrolled ASAP because I need you in my life. So give me, you know, (laughs) give me your spill. That's awesome. So it's master your finances today, literally everywhere online. So Instagram's at master finances today. Our website is www.masterfinancestoday.com. Email is hello at master your finances today. And um, the website has that free class that I mentioned to you. So that's really kind of going to figure out where you are in your business and kind of the next step for you, how you should register your business. It teaches you how to save $18,000 a year and then what you need to get set up with a bookkeeping system. So like I said, that class is really pure gold if you're just getting started. And then from there, we can take you to enrolling in the course. If you're there, maybe you're not there yet and all of the rest. That is amazing. And I will make sure that all of this is in the show notes. So guys, if you are interested in connecting or you want to learn more, all of the links are there. I highly suggest that you do it for Thanks. sure. And yeah, so. come connect with me on Instagram because that's really where I chat to most people. And if you do follow me, please send me a DM so that I can follow you back and learn more about your business too. Yes, I always say that. I'm always like, if you connect, make sure you get in touch with me. And guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you loved just the conversation or if you feel like you got anything valuable from it, share it you know, screenshot it for us, put it up there so that we can spread the word about what we've got going on here. Um, And also just so we can, you know, give you guys a big thanks for tuning in and listening because it's a blast for me. <laughs> it was so much fun. You are awesome. I really oh, enjoyed it. Thanks thank for having you. me. Thank you. Of course. All right, guys, that is all for this one. So connect with us and we will chat with you guys soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.